0: find yourself disagreeing with more people on bigger issues than you ever have before? Is it getting harder for you to disagree with someone and still stay on good terms? If you are feeling that, you're not alone. This is becoming a documented problem and as Christians, in a rapidly changing culture, we are most likely going to be exercising this muscle much more often in the days ahead. So how can you disagree well? In a culture that doesn't do so well with dissent of any kind. How can you, above all, maintain a strong testimony for Christ? That's our conversation today around the table of the Doxa Dialogue. Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor at Doxa Church. And Ben and Amanda are both with us today.
1: Hello. Hey,
0: we meet again. (laughs) We're all all here together. Uh, Sorry it's been a little while. We've had a little delay. Um... You know, it's that time of year. It's time of year. There's there's something yep. going on around, going Always around something. out there, and yeah, we we're doing our best though, and we've missed having these conversations. We're so glad yep. that you're still with us, and Ben and Amanda, we want to say hello. How's how's the Christmas preparations coming for you?
2: Great, yeah, we're excited. We're gonna hit the road next week. I told my wife we are not flying with three children.
1: Oh, we will no, not be done. I don't blame you.
2: Ooh. No, so we are driving a. A simple cool seventeen hours. <laughs> we'll break it up. But
0: yes. Pray for us,
2: y'all. Yes.
0: We're going to the same destination and I basically told my wife the exact opposite. I was like, I <laughs> don't <laughs> think we're we're <laughs> driving. That's the difference like two years will make between yeah. between the kiddos. Exactly. When's the last time you flew with three kids? We've never th- flown with three kids. I feel like the last time we flew with kids, Paxton was like really little. Yeah. Same with little. us. We
2: would do two. When yeah. when our middle was really little, like mm-hmm. doesn't make noises, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Then beyond that, it would no. I'm we're not going
1: We're at the age we could do either. We could drive. We could fly. Thankfully, they're old enough, eight and six. Like they can be occupied, and we're good. That is good. Yeah. good.
2: but nothing stresses me out more than flying with children. Yeah. Kids
1: age. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. We did that once. Oh, it man. was terrible.
0: Yeah, so, for sure.
1: We have we have three Christmases this weekend and three more next weekend, ooh, so we, ooh, are... In a <laughs> we are We basically need a, a U-Haul just to bring the presents home and <laughs> nice. a bigger house to put them in. So, you know,
0: yeah, it's that sounds so fun. I'm I'm really excited about Christmas too. I was telling Julie how this is the year you got to enjoy this season of life because our kids are at the age where they really enjoy presents. Yes. Like one yeah. day they're just going to want like a gift card and clothes that they're already going to want to buy anyway. Yes, and exactly. Like, so now. you're you have the chance to be a little kid again and, and look for some toys. So yeah, it's, it's a good time of year. I love Christmas season for all the right reasons, um, getting together with family. And of course, getting together with family, traveling, on the road, chances are there's going to be a few disagreements that, yes. that enter Ooh. into the life <laughs> equation. Uh, so here we are for you, delivering what you need to hear when you need to hear it. Our podcast is about disagreeing well. And we're going to look at this from a variety of topics. This is not comprehensive at all, but this is just three different perspectives as we've prayed about it, and the Lord has led us to share a few few things from Scripture. So let's just get into it.
2: All right, so... I, uh, at first when I saw me on the list of disagreeing well, I was confused. Because so I wouldn't say that I'm one that disagrees well. Do um, I'm, I'm the probably, best we got, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one to stir the pot either. I'm probably the person that is going to be more go with the flow.
1: Yes. So I, feel you I
2: love that, that we have
0: a seven down. and a nine. In
2: here. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. I'm going to be more, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. So,
0: <laughs> I think this
2: is really good though because <clears throat> I have, through the years, had to had to disagree, and you have to, as a believer, learn to do it in a in a way that um, you know honors Christ, glorifies Him. I have probably failed in that more than I succeeded. Um, we <coughs> all have. Yes. We all yeah, have. yeah. Yeah. I, even looking at past experiences, I can name a few. It's like, nope, didn't do that right, didn't do that right. But um, I do have just some thoughts for us this morning. I don't think anything, any of these are going to blow your mind. But often in the Christian life, it's it's not embracing one massive truth as it is embracing so many uh, Hmm. smaller truths. And so I think that is, in this case... um, I think that is the case. Where mm-hmm. uh, there's just a lot that goes into relationships, the d- the dynamic there. It's it's complex. It's it's not just a simple do this, this, and this, and everyone's mm-hmm. going to be happy. Uh, the heart is is desperately wicked and yeah. Yeah. motives, and we, we don't judge those. But there's just so many facets that come to the table. But I just have four ways to approach disagreement <clears throat> in a way that um, that not that doesn't just pass as good, but even honors God. And honestly, this, you can find this, a lot of this information here from Christianity, ChristianityToday.com. They have a, a great article that mm. um, I'm drawing from here that I think would be helpful if you had time to read through it. But uh, first idea is just to examine and process your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, the, the, uh, it says here, the biggest hurdle we can face is the examining of our own personal heart when conflict brews. Uh, because I think our natural, our go-to, our tendency is to examine the actions of our offenders first mm-hmm. hmm. and come in hot on where you think they're wrong and where they're different. And mm-hmm. you want to be able to just kind of systematically dismantle their perspective or their argument or whatever. But uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, you know, says, examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. And I think we find that in scripture as well, where To just take inventory of our own heart first is normally a good start, especially when it comes to disagreeing with people. Mm -hmm. uh, Okay, why am I so worked up about this, or why do I believe this about that? And just kind of examining the position of your heart first—does that make sense?
0: Oh yeah, your own motives can really reveal, you know, maybe why you're so upset about it. And and as soon as you check that,
2: and yeah, even I think in church, you know, one of your messages recently, we've talked about not. Uh, we're not supposed to judge the motive. So that's, if that's off the table, we can, though, judge our own motives. Like, mm-hmm. And I'm often telling people, like, well, you know yourself better than anyone else. Yeah. So why are you doing this? Um
1: funny quick story that I'll just you know put myself out there I uh, literally just to Tuesday night um, my kids have gymnastics and so they both go There's they're two hours Ellie goes first so I stayed home and I took Rowan and when I got there Stephen was standing up and talking and you, you have to save a seat because if you don't save a seat you're on the floor like it's one of those like you have to get in there quickly get a seat you know and he's standing up and I'm like oh my gosh I was like why are you saving me a seat immediately I just got mad you know I was like I need a seat I had a beer for an hour you know and, <laughs> Right. And Where's a
0: gentleman in this world? Right, yeah. gosh, yeah. can't even
1: save me seats. seat. So, you know, come to find out there were no seats when he got there. You know, so it was the whole It was the whole thing. But immediately I was like, wow, that was really selfish. And so I did. I mm-hmm. apologized, you know. But it's just one of those things, examine your heart. I was like, man, why did I get so bad about that? Yeah. And I was like, man, just because yeah. I was really selfish and want to say out. <laughs> <So. laughs>
2: yeah, no, that's, that's good. So I think a second thing here, like examine the heart first. Second thing is to uh, really seek me- middle ground. So approach disagreement by proactively seeking middle ground. Mm-hmm. I have I have found this one to be um, beneficial, helpful in in certain cases where it's like, all right, listen, I see where you're coming from. This is where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. All right, let's just mm-hmm. step back for a second. I think I think we've got more in common here initially, mm-hmm. and maybe that underlies all of this. Yeah. That can help ground us before we dive into some of these you know intricate differences. Yeah, it is frustrating when someone uses that like goes too far and they're trying to say that like they are trying to like convince you that you're on the same page when you're not yeah <laughs> just, just to like kind of employ that tactic but if you're actually trying to find the middle ground and there's always there's right. always middle ground there's and always y- agreements
0: usually in the in least in my most recent memory of my disagreements with people like you're kind of on you kind of get derailed on one side point and you almost mm-hmm. it can it can it can just backfire when you get off even the main issue that you have a disagreement on, so to right. remember, like, hey, we're actually not as yeah. far away here as as this seems. Yeah. So circling back on the wagons yeah. to the and main.
2: I actually think that's a good a good point as well, though. It's like when you, especially maybe even in a business setting, a work setting, like it is helpful to yes, find the common ground, but also like stay on course. Yeah. Like so, don't get mm-hmm. caught up in the distractions, and then you have a an hour conversation about the things that never bothered you or even yeah. created yeah. the conflict to begin with. With. Yeah. So just trying to stay on task and, and saying what you think you need to say. But um, also, so third point here, again, this is really simple, but I think this is really, um, this would change our relationships, but the, the scripture is replete with um, this idea of making every effort to reconcile. Mm-hmm. So Romans 14, yep. 19, uh, let's... Therefore, make every effort to do what leads to peace and a mutual Mm -hmm. edification. Ephesians 4.3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 12 says, make every effort to live in peace with all men, to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So uh, really, we can't stress enough the effort that that has to be put into making, to to reconcile. I remember... um, A couple of years ago, we had a men's conference as a church, and the, the speaker, um, he said this, and it just always stuck with me, he said, a godly man will leave reconciled relationships in his wake. Mm. It, mm-hmm. I was just like, man, that, that makes so much sense. People that love the Lord, men, leaders that love the Lord mm. are going to try to mend. They're gonna yeah. try to bring together. They're gonna to try to yeah. eliminate the differences or at least help eliminate some of the aggression behind the differences or the mm-hmm. you know what pulls us apart. And, and draw people together and, yeah, find that common ground. But if there was an offense, if there was wrong, actually trying to make that right. Because mm-hmm. a, a lot of our differences, or our disagreements rather, they, um, they do so easily and quickly result in wronging someone yeah. mm-hmm. um, where we don't do it right. And that's okay. There's grace for that and there's forgiveness for that and we need to employ those things for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, make every effort to... To reconcile, and this was a challenge to me. Um, just looking at my life, and e- again looking in the rearview mirror and saying, "Man, you know, um, did you really? Could you have easily done more to to reconcile a relationship here mm-hmm. or there?" And and honestly, I I think I came up short on some of those. And so I've I've even just been thinking about this idea of mm-hmm. you know I had disagreements in the past. Okay, well, what would be the next right step for me to Maybe put a little more effort into that, mm-hmm. and, and try to to help mend anything that was broken.
1: I kind of feel like with that too. If you, if you, it's never too late. You know what I mean. I don't think there's ever a point where you can't ever, especially like within a family situation. I know there's been. I know some people and you know have have strife in their family, and I, especially in family, I just really feel like if mm-hmm. you're feeling it, if God puts it on your heart, just do it. Reach out because I mean it's mm-hmm. it's that important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, you'll never really... regret not doing that. And even if you right. don't hear a response right, right away, I've seen that in family situations as well. Like yep. It comes back, that person who wasn't ready to for you to put that first foot forward,
1: mm. like a year
0: later mm-hmm. they are. And, I mean, that's what we're going for. We're striving mm-hmm. for unity. Right. There's a reason the Bible makes it clear that that's not an easy thing to maintain. It doesn't right. just happen. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> then the last idea here, the fourth one, was just put put Christ at the center uh, First Corinthians 3:11 says, "For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid which is Jesus Christ. So our strongest bond and our strongest agreement should always be Christ and mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> when we keep him at the center of our lives and we're all looking to please him to live for him, to serve him, that just that seems to help. That, that, that seems to mm-hmm. uh, cause a lot of our disagreements to just fade away a little bit, and uh, yeah. not entirely. There's some disagreements definitely worth discussing that the good can come from, but I think where Jesus, when Jesus is where He needs to be, um, that that just it helps immensely, and I think He gets mm-hmm. a lot of glory for that as well. So that's kind of what I had, just a few simple thoughts to get us thinking, get that's our like brains great. moving here about yep. approaching disagreement, and it's just not just for Christians, though, because... You know, even in our opening, we're talking culturally, <clears throat>
0: mm-hmm.
2: culturally. Like, yeah, 2020. Uh, it seems to be the most not black and white year ever, but like red and blue year ever. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> so an election Very year. You know, it, I know. It, it, so it goes both ways. Like these are good principles for with working with believers and disagreeing with believers, but I, I think also for unbelievers, people who might not have that common ground of Christ, but we can still we can still find ways to to soften the disagreements. And I've, I found with unbelievers, the best thing to do is to just love them before the disagreement and after the disagreement, if that makes sense. Yeah. So they know, like I can walk into a tough conversation or I can have something happen, uh, where it is like evident that we just, this just happened recently in my own life. And it was okay. Like it was okay to be, to have different perspectives on Mm -hmm. this. Um, because they knew, they knew like, okay, like, like I have a, the the example of my mind. Like this guy knows
1: that mm-hmm. I love that
2: guy. Like I'm gonna, you know, right. be there when he needs me, right. and even after we disagree, it's not gonna scare me away either. Like yeah. I just, I'm,
0: and that's you know. such a huge piece. I I'm really glad you said all that, Ben. I mean, when it comes to some of these big hot button issues that have been like politicized, even now, uh, the world is hearing from a megaphone that mm-hmm. if you don't agree with me. You don't love me. Yes. yes. That's that's the narrative. And it's really just a completely false nomer. Yeah. Like yeah, I can actually come to that. I can yep. I can disagree with one issue that you have, a, a a position that you have, and still love you as a person. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So Christians, yep. we really have to hold the ground on that and always emphasize, no, no, this doesn't mean I don't love you. Like don't make mm-hmm. this your entire identity. <laughs> right. Um I, I can love you as an individual and still we can come to a different place on this one particular issue. So but great stuff, Ben. Thanks so much.
1: So I am kind of specifically coming at this point from the point of view of disagreeing well within the church. So within the mm. boundaries of fellow believers who, Profess to know and love Christ, and that can sometimes look very different from disagreeing with the unbelievers, like you know Ben was saying. Yep. So when I was researching in Scripture um, that specifically relating to disagreeing within the church, I came across Romans fourteen. Basically, the whole pa- passage it's mostly about you know judging other believers. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I know like judgment is our topic, I do think that judgment can often follow hand in hand with disagreement. So mm-hmm. it felt really relevant to me. Um, Romans 14 one says, "Accept anyone who is weak in faith, but do not argue over disputed matters. Um, and I think yeah. kind of side note before going any further into the scripture is that it's important to talk about what the disputed matters are, because there are definitely things in scripture that are not open to dispute. You know, the Bible is yes. very clear on topics like adultery, sexual immorality, homosexuality, murder, lying, you know, those mm-hmm. and a few others are specifically written out, clearly defined, Um, But there's other things that are really kind of up to each person's individual convictions, you know, like Mm -hmm. political parties or drinking or popular movies and TV shows. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, in this scripture, um, Paul actually goes on to talk about what food to eat and what day they believe the Sabbath should be held on and says that these things are not something that we should argue over in church, Um, nor should we let our difference of opinions cause a rift between believers. He says, accept them and do not argue.'" You know, if we yeah. as a Christian are strong in our faith, you know, maybe you've been saved for a long time or you just really put your faith into practice and strive to walk closely with the Lord, it's actually our calling to embrace those that are, have weaker faith and not to judge them for their decisions, mm-hmm. but to encourage them and to lead them by example. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve and I actually have peop- some people close to us that know the Lord but don't always make choices that reflect that. I mean, all of us at times right. don't, you know, but specifically, life choices that seem to kind of um, pile up. Um, and we, you know, have to talk about how we're going to approach this topic with them. Um, anybody that knows him knows he is more of the tough love kind of guy, <laughs> you know, and I'm no. more of the speak the truth in love <laughs> kind of <laughs> person. So sometimes when we have certain friends or family members that are struggling because of the poor choices they made or, you know, just life is hard. Mm-hmm. We just have to talk about the best way to approach that because we can't just hit them over the head with how stupid their decisions were. Mm. But we also can't water down the gospel to make it easier to hear. And right. I'll let you guess who has what, who comes with <laughs> from what angle, <laughs> you know, usually.
0: Yes.
1: Um but Paul actually touches on this point in verse 19. And I think Ben, you you said this one. So then let us pursue what promotes peace and builds up one another. Mm. And in verse 22 he says whatever you believe about these things, keep them between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. Mm. And while Paul's specifically talking about food in this passage, because there was a lot of disagreement on keeping the old law, what was considered clean and unclean, you know, and he's basically saying he believes in faith that nothing is unclean, Um, Mm -hmm. but there's no good in eating it in front of someone who does believe it as to cause a stumbling block to them. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like that can apply in multiple areas of our lives nowadays. Topics like you know, wearing a mask or political candidates and elections and conspiracy theories and drinking—I yeah, mean, all those things. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you really want to see how quickly you can divide a group of fellow believers, <laughs> yeah. bring up these issues uh, and pop some uh, popcorn, man. like especially <laughs> yes. on Facebook. That is, I mean, yeah, whoo, it's it gets rough. Yeah,
2: ineffective. I mean, <laughs> how, <effective. laughs> how effective those Facebook yeah. conversations
1: oh, are. So you're changing so many hearts for the team <laughs> <in> there. <laughs> You know, I mean, really, you think we're all on different sides instead of just the two that there are, you know, the kingdom and the world. I mean, that's it. Um, And I think that's why Paul keeps telling them to promote peace and not to cause each other to stumble. Mm -hmm. Because when we become known for these other things that we approve or stand behind, or even worse, when we are known for what we're against, Mm -hmm. then it will take away from the only thing we are called to be known by, which is a follower of Christ.
0: That's like, you know, in Philippians, when Paul is talking to Utica and Syntyche, which I I know I'm not pronouncing their names right. (laughs) Everybody has their own way to pronounce those names. My dad calls them
2: odorous and stinky.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those two two females that were leaders in the Philippian church, and, you know, they both had their own parties. They both had their girl gangs, and they had a huge disagreement, right? And Paul's point was, hey, look agree in the Lord. Yep. Like where's your common, your common unity? It's in Jesus Christ. You're yep. both, you've both been saved by Jesus. You both have served Jesus in this church. Like you have the same mission. Yep. So we can't let all these secondary issues like overcloud the main reason that we're all here, Exactly, which is to mm-hmm. worship and, and spread the good news, worship Jesus Christ and spread his good news.
1: Exactly. Um, you know, I, I don't want people, Steve and I have had this discussion, you know, I don't want people to look at me and to see, you know, the presidential candidate I support or my stance on vaccinations or drinking, you know, I'm led by the Holy Spirit. We're all led by the Holy Spirit to form opinions on these things. But when we as Christians look to others, we should see Christ first and the person second Mm -hmm. and how closely we follow Jesus should speak louder than any other conviction in our lives. Our lives should model Jesus, and His work was to bring the truth to a world desperate for it, and that truth wasn't always Mm well-received. You know, He dealt with dissension among His followers constantly, and He always sought to get to the heart of the issue. Like you were saying, Ben, there's always a heart to it. There's a root of it, and to point people back to God. And our lives' work should be the same. As Jesus said John 17, 4, before He went to the cross, I have brought you glory on this earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. We are created solely to bring glory to God, and He is most glorified when we are able to walk into circumstances of dissension and to bring peace.
0: Yeah. And just to elaborate on that passage in 1 Corinthians and then in Romans 14 that you mm-hmm. brought up. So many people get mixed up and they think that the strong Christian is the Christian who has the really, really high standards. But like in yep. that passage, yep. it's actually the other way around, right? It's yep. it's the Christian who like has their freedom in Christ. They know their liberty. They, they are secure in their standing and their mm-hmm. convictions the Holy Spirit has given them. And maybe they don't have as strict of a conscience on something that this person who has just been saved out of, you know, eating meat that was offered to idols. And they really remember everything that was associated with that. And it's from like, they just lived in that world. And so right now their conscience is really bothered by it. And the stronger Christian, the one who, who isn't bothered by that in their own conscience says, I'm going to limit my liberty and I'm going to not, Eat that in front of them. Yeah, you know. So it's the mature Christian who says, "You know what? I can do this. I have freedom to do this. But yep. I love this person. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make it an issue. I'm yep. not gonna make it a big deal in front of them. Bringing so, the
1: peace to that situation.
0: Yeah, yeah. So similar to Ben, I have five principles when it comes to the art of disagreeing well. And I'll be honest, I started out with two, and then it was three, and then my third one turned into the fourth, and here I ended up at five. So <laughs> you can call these rules, you call them life hacks, uh, but I like to keep these things tucked away, and they're all rooted in biblical principles for sure, and it's it's really amazing, even as a pastor, like how much I rely on these different these different points. They may come across as super practical, but they really are rooted in Scripture, and the importance about these is that if we're going to take a stand for truth the right way, we need to do it in a way that is winsome. And, um, and that's really kind of where I want to go with this. And just like Ben said, just like Amanda said, like none of us are perfect here. Mm -hmm. These are things that I've learned the hard way. These are things that I'm still working on myself. So I'm not coming at this with the authority of, (laughs) I figured it out. Here you go. Uh, but the first one is just, you know, speaking of being winsome, I think as Christians, we need to, number one, come to terms with the reality that it's impractical to always keep everyone happy with you. Yes. It's just not going to happen. Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John 15, 18, Jesus said, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated mm-hmm. me before it hated you. Yep. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, yep. therefore the world hates you. And then he says in verse 21, they will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. So it doesn't get any more clear than that, Mm -hmm. that if we are truly following Jesus, we're gonna actually face some persecution. You know, we've seen this even recently in our most current series in church, Romans 8. There's two types of people in the world. There's people who are of the flesh. There are people who are of the spirit. And they have a different heart. They think yeah. differently. Like everything about them, at their core, is different. Even though, hey, yeah, we can cheer for the same football teams and enjoy the same foods and all that. Like there is a difference that that really comes out, and it's becoming more of an issue. It's becoming more of a noticeable thing. I think in the world that we're living in. Even in Peter, you see the phrase, um, "If possible, live." peaceably with all men. So even scripture makes it known that like, not everybody's going to be good that's with you. Put that if
1: in there, if yeah, possible. If possible. And that's
0: our goal. Like what Ben was referring to, like we want to have a path of reconciliation as we yep. seek to restore everything we can, but it takes two people. Right. Yep. And we can have it on our end. And if it's not on the other person's end, it's just, mm-hmm. we have to let it go and and pray that, you know, forgive them in our heart be on the right tune right. in our own mindset and just pray that it does get resolved later on. And I know this one isn't fun to hear. Um, you know, we don't want to hear this, but I really do see that the way the radical extreme um, progressivism is coming into our world. And, and I, I say progressivism, it's almost, it's almost needs another term because it's not really just straight, progressivism that we thought of like a few years ago. I mean, we have, we have bills that have been brought before Congress that could come before the Senate, you know, in the next month or two mm-hmm. that would, that would make some of our biblical convictions that we have even classified as hate speech. We're going to have things that could very well go to the court system. So we have to, if, if our head's in the sand on this, we need to actually wake up a little bit and realize that Some people won't like you because of Jesus, and you can't convince them otherwise, Um, and it's okay if they label you as a hateful person. You have to be stronger than that and actually rise above that and love them anyway. Mm -hmm. And this is a mindset that we all have to adopt. Uh, The forces of this present darkness don't like you, don't like what you stand for, they don't like what you represent and we're not going back to 1950s America mm-hmm. anytime soon. Not that 1950s America was great. I'm not saying that. There was a lot of, like, sin was just as much of a problem mm. back then. But back then, it was advantageous for you to go to church. You know, it helped your career, or it helped mm-hmm. you be the popular person and and get where you needed to be. Like, that's not the case anymore. Um, you're standing in the community. doesn't matter whether you go to church or not. So you have to, as an individual Christian, hold to the truth and realize that means I'm not going to be popular with everyone, but that's okay. Cause that's not what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to be popular with everyone. You know, the Bible calls this life spiritual warfare and in warfare, you know, no one cares about popular popularity contests, right? You know, what we care about, what really matters right now. And I think the church needs to get more on that mindset. Number two, this one's a little bit, you know, we're we're starting out as negative as can be, and, and we're going to slowly build up uh, to to hopefulness here as well. But number two, act with love, don't react with defensiveness. Mm-hmm. Reacting is never really a good thing. Yeah. Uh, very very rarely, unless it's like a, a joyful reaction of surprise. Like, yeah. but yeah. when when somebody's saying something to you. <laughs> And you don't like what you're hearing. Or for example, like my wife, Julie, love her to death, but she, she keeps me on my toes and she'll sh- she'll share something with me. <laughs> hey, here's an area where you could be doing better, David. Uh, <laughs> thank you for doing that, Julie. But in the moment, a lot of times my reaction immediately when I hear something I don't want to hear is to just be on the defensive, yeah. Oh, yeah, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. um, and that always makes the conversation go away that you yeah. don't want it to go. Now of course this is this is beside the point but like when you present constructive criticism or disagreement you know your tone and your posture and how you deliver that is huge it makes or breaks it and how yep. it's going to be received but that's not the emphasis here what i want you to think about is if someone mislabels your intent or they mi- mm-hmm. misrepresent you they may even put words in your mouth don't allow yourself to go on the defensive and just react yeah instead Rise above that and calmly act in love. Proverbs says that a soft answer turns away wrath. And many times you can be the adult in the room just by simply not raising your voice. And if you do, you know, own it, apologize, and then start speaking calmly as soon as you can. Because really the conversation isn't going to get back to where it needs to be until one person calmly like, dissolves the tension just by just by actually having the right presence. And yeah. y- you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. No, I actually a good story about that. I was in high school and I I skipped school with my then girlfriend. <laughs> oh, oh, never. Man. Yeah. Well the dad, the dad, <laughs> her dad found out and was livid and <clears throat> called me and said, I'm gonna you, you go home and I don't remember it doesn't matter. He just <laughs> said, What's your dad's number essentially? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he, he called my dad and he was chewing my dad out, and my dad just he's the he is that verse, that soft answer turns away wrath and uh, I think, I think the other guy was kind of caught off guard with how like calm mm. and he just kind of received yeah. it. And mm. by the end of the conversation, they were like making plans to go do stuff together. <laughs> 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 but that's how it works like that.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Galatians five, of course, will fit in here too. You know, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, mm-hmm. self-control against such there is no law. Like these are the things, if if we implement these into these conversations and, and and specifically ask the Holy Spirit to fill me and may I may I react before you mm-hmm. say anything, Lord, give me some yeah. gentleness here, give me some patience right here, because I'm hearing something, I know it's off. Yeah. But the I had way some
2: thoughts too, David. I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: down. go ahead. No, you're good.
2: Because so a lot of that like that defensiveness comes often from just being caught off guard, like you had mentioned. Right. So I feel like it helps mm-hmm. sometimes to have times in life that are like built into your schedule or your day or your relationship. I've always said that.
1: Pick the time to have the discussion. Yeah. That's not after you've just cleaned up dinner and men the right. kids are screaming and you now mm-hmm. you tell me that you don't like how I do this Saturday that. You know Yeah.
2: Because how how many of your disagreements can be just be thrown away because it yes. was right before dinner. Exactly. Or yeah. was it was at ten thirty at night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. You just had a baby. Yeah. 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 I think it helps to and even in a work setting to have like a, a time where you yes. can you can voice those those disagreements or that feedback mm-hmm. you know i think that if you can make space for that rather than just catching someone off guard with it totally it's it's going to lend itself towards that reconciliation towards that unity we've been striving for yeah
0: and that fits perfectly with what my next point is the next verse from this one never back down from speaking the truth in love with gentleness and respect mm-hmm. and um First Peter is the is one of the verses I want to go to. But first Peter, the beginning of first Peter chapter three, it talks about wives and that are married to unbelieving husbands. Yep. And, you know, like you think of in a marriage relationship when disagreements happen, when do they usually happen? It's when the other person is offended or hurt. Mm-hmm. It's at 1030 at night right before you're going to bed. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, if you pick the different time to actually bring that up, it would be so much better. Like, I love that. Um, but yeah, this one is, you know, of course, of course we know where where this is coming from in scripture. Speak the truth in love. And then as that passage goes on, the context is very helpful. So I just want to read the whole context. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them nor be troubled, but in your hearts Honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that it should be God's will, than for doing evil. Mm-hmm. Now, um, There's a lot, I mean, you could preach a whole sermon, like Mm -hmm. on this passage, there's a lot of stuff in here. The real, the real meaning of this text really points to the fact that you, you could have a higher power, like a a government authority, or maybe it's, you know, somebody that's in your job, or maybe even somebody that you're married to Mm -hmm. that is telling you to violate your conscience. And they're pressing you to do something that black and white, like this is wrong. This, this isn't right. Um, and it's saying hey it's better to suffer for doing good that should be for God's will than it is for doing evil so so peter's making it very clear here you should be zealous for doing what is good something that's not going to harm but even if you have to have a defense even if you have to explain yourself do it in a way that shows them respect and that you're being gentle you know mm-hmm. these are all building off of each other Be prepared to do that. Be expected. And then even be prepared that they're going to slander your name for it. Right. Okay. But live your life in a way so that even though they are saying, can you believe Amanda? She would not say this. She wouldn't go do this. Like if your testimony, the way you live your life Mm -hmm. shows other people that you actually love. Some people are going to look at that and be like, ooh. Oh, there's, there's something wrong there. Like you're going to basically be revealing and highlighting, you know, the hate coming from the person who's slandering your name right? because you handled it with gentleness and respect. You've loved other people. Like your life speaks for itself and they may say, well, that's hate speech. Or they may say, well, how dare you? Like you're, right. you're way off and your life says something totally different. Right. Um, so we, we really, as Christians, I think we're going to have to live that, be prepared to give that reason for the hope that is in us. Be articulate, be bold, be confident. He that is in us is greater than he is in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that there's other key factor here that plays into this is we don't need as Christians to be entitled. Don't Thanks. expect them to respect your convictions. Be, be ready for the opposite of that. Number four, always remember the danger of winning the argument and losing the person.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you
0: know this uh, is this is a very big one that we could probably have a whole podcast on as definitely. well. Definitely. <laughs> um, but I can just tell you that in the flesh, in the flesh, I am the worst at this. Uh, I probably get this from my dad, but I don't want to like blame my dad for <laughs> this either. Um, the way I think is is logical. It's always cut and dry and. I have more examples than I care to admit of this. Julie calls this like getting into lawyer David mode where (laughs) I'll just like tell you why every word that comes out of your mouth if it doesn't perfectly line up with the logic that I, I'm thinking I want to prove how you're wrong, why you're wrong and what you should be saying and why I'm saying something that's slightly different than what you're saying. Like
1: Steven loves to bring articles. It's, yeah. Did you read yeah. These articles? Here's an article. that tells why this is. Yeah. yeah, yeah lots yeah. of articles. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. But this just never goes over well. Right. It just never does. Um, I've gotten a little bit better at this over time. I, I'm, I think it's something that I'm always going to have to work on, but, You could make a proof text for this point, again, by simply going back to the fruit of the spirit. You know, the fruit of the spirit does not match us winning this argument. Mm. And no matter how good of rhetorical skills you have or, or masterful oratory, like you can still completely lose the person because you demean them and you made them feel small and you didn't. Respect them and love
1: them. I, I think just just the flip side of that too, coming from a completely different perspective, is you know um, losing the argument per se, but also you know you'll you'll lose your your faith in that, like, Mm -hmm. like coming from the opposite. Like if I, instead of a point that I know in faith is not true and I lay down and I didn't, which is what a lot of churches nowadays kind of like watering down the gospel and, you know, changing the definition of love to just being tolerance and acceptance, you know, you're going to lose lose your connection with God in that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's also really important just, just for coming from the opposite side of that coin, you know, to, to still be able to stand up for what you believe in, but in love. Totally. You know? Yeah,
0: and there's a lot of Christians who've literally, they have, maybe they've grown up in church, maybe maybe they aren't even real Christians, but like, we'll just say people. Like, right. they've grown up in the church. They know the faith. They right. know the truth of who Jesus is, but they have been so surrounded by Christians who didn't really live this. The yes. the, Christ, yeah. the Christian just... Yeah. Fought for We're... every last inch yeah. in in a very like harsh way, and mm. that has been a turnoff to That's them. That's right. right. huge, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Recent conversation with someone. Yep, same things. Right. Like, I think I'd be more open to Christianity if they weren't so crazy about this. Mm-hmm. Crazy in the sense of like unloving, right? Just completely, right. completely unkind and, and heavy-handed,
0: <laughs> right? And again, going back to that first part of. 1 Peter 3, where it's, you know, li- likewise, wives be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives mm-hmm. when they see your respectful and pure conduct. So like it goes into the, in a relationship with an unbeliever and a believer. And if you're the unbeliever, you can look at your yeah. spouse and say, whoa, they're not even trying to win every argument. You know, like and over time, what does that do? That that shows them that you have something that they don't have. So sometimes just let the loving actions of your life speak for themselves without even saying a word. And doing this over the long haul will do way more than the tightest logic ever could. Mm -hmm. And my last one, number five, you don't have to prove yourself to anyone You answer to God alone. And so, like, this is kind of a really big step back, but I want to, like, leave you with this encouraging one. Like, we don't have to convince everyone that we're right. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not on us. Like, at the end of the day, we don't really answer to anyone. You know, we're going to stand before God, and we're going to give an account of every idle word we ever spoke before God, but we're not going to do that with the person that you, you know, that you ran into that you went to high school with or yeah, the, yeah. the person that you, you bumped into on, um, the Facebook comment,
1: yeah. comment section. Oh, like man.
0: we don't have to win those battles. Uh, we don't have to prove ourselves. Of course, like there, you know, we want to give a reason for the hope that mm-hmm. is in us. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying like, we can almost get this defensive nature where we feel like we have to prove ourselves to prove mm-hmm. our worth. Um, and the Holy spirit is leading you. Remember that. Um, that person knows the Holy spirit, the Holy spirit is going to lead them. He's going to use people like God uses people in our lives. I'm not trying to, um, go too far with this for sure. He uses others. But at the end of the day, um, if you're out of your home, you're not even answering to your parents anymore. Like Mm -hmm. you're answering to God. He gives grace. He's full of mercy. And you don't have to beat yourself up over this one either because we've all failed when it comes to this. We all like have a tendency to people please to some degree or another. Mm -hmm. Um, But every day just make decisions. What is going to bring God the most glory with my life? And if you don't live with this weight of trying to please everybody, keep everybody happy, if you don't live with that weight you don't have to tiptoe around these issues just to keep everybody happy. That's such a stressful game. Yeah. <laughs> and and there's yeah. so many more important things we can do with our life. Um, so there's a lot more I could say about that as well. But really, just remember, I'm I'm created by God mm-hmm. to live for Him in His glory. And even if somebody doesn't completely understand where I'm coming from on this, I'm going to love them. I'm going to show grace. I'm going to be a sincerely... A loving person, anyway, mm-hmm. and God's gonna. I'm just gonna leave the rest up to God. It's in His hands, and He'll take care of it. It's great. Well, thanks for joining us around the table of the Doxa Dialogue. That is all we have for today, but we would love to extend this conversation to you personally and. We're working on some ways to do better at that. Right now, we have an Instagram page. We also have a page on our church website. If you go to doxaupstate.church forward slash podcast, you can, you can see where we post the whole archives of the Doxa Dialogue. And if, there's, of course, a way where you can comment there. Um, another Another avenue for you to reach us is through our Instagram page and we will often, you know, make a post and you can always comment back. Let us know how you're receiving this. Uh, please leave, leave us a review online. Comment, like, and subscribe. Share this with someone who you don't want to have a disagreement with this Christmas season. That's right. <laughs> no, I'm sure you'll find it more, a, a, a better time <laughs> and, and way to present this, But uh, but yeah. Uh, keep spreading the word. This this podcast does grow by word of mouth, and we're excited to hear how it's been such a blessing to so many of you in 2020. We're looking forward to doing it again next year. In the meantime, you were loved, and Merry Christmas.